Would you rather have wireless on the most reliable network nationwide or unlimited with 5G for $30 a month per line? You don't have to choose with Xfinity Mobile. Wireless so good it keeps one upping itself. Most reliable based on Roots Metric US report. Results vary, not an endorsement. $30 per month per line when you get four lines. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it, if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. And I'll get into why it sucked. Welcome to Bleedies, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here live, trovo.live slash Bleedies. Thank you so much for coming in and hanging out. We got Kev Be Cool dropping hypes, dropping roses. We got Sonic Gino in the chat. He's ready to talk some wrestling. He just asked me why Mansoor had to have his streak broken via DQ. It's okay, all right? Oh, and by the way, earlier tonight on Bleedies, uh, we forgot to talk about Derek Chauvin ap- appealing his case. We'll get into that, I'm sure, plenty on Thursday. There's going to be more developments. Several of the jurors have been seen wearing Black Lives Matter shirts, so already this trial is going to be thrown out. It's going to get real messy here in a little bit. So we'll see what happens with that. We could talk about that more on the Red Faction with Geezy. Uh, as, as the Red Faction pivots to a more sports-oriented show, uh, however, we will still cover cover all the hot topics, all that hotness. So I watched a lot of wrestling, everybody. Swear to God I did, all right? Let's jump into some headlines real quick. I did watch Daniel Bryan lose to the big dog Roman Reigns. I liked that this match was given a majority of the second hour of SmackDown. Like, this was the main event. It felt special. It felt big. It felt important. I was really into it. The entire show really was a nice buildup to this. I remember some of those Monday Night Raws back in, like, 04, 05, 06, where they would have an Iron Man match on the show, like the Chris Benoit Triple H Iron Man match. You can kind of tell they were positioning. They would have like a really good, solid hour one because they knew hour two was going to be one match. Uh, same with Shawn Michaels and John Cena when they had that match in England. Like, I like when you can set up a show that way where it's like, we need to get our shit in. Let's not dilly dally. Let's have a good show and then have a 40 minute match to, to cap it off. 40 minutes with entrances or whatever it was. So, Daniel Bryan loses. He's. Uh, relegated if you will all my premier league fans he's relegated from smackdown he has been moved to the alumni section of wwe.com and the rumors are obviously he you know i mean he's with i i saw an interview he did with tv line he's talking about he has neck issues he has some japanese pomegranate tree in his front yard that he was trying to hold his daughter up to and he was in so much pain he couldn't do it so he wants to go back to being, a, you know, he wants to be a part-timer. He wants to wrestle occasionally, which, however, that seems like it's going to be harder, all right? I mean, we, we talk about guy like uh, Bobby Roode was kind of famous for talking about TNA tapings where you would work, you know, three days, and then two months later you'd have to go back, and you'd take a bump, and you're like, oh, this kind of sucks. Like your bump card, you know, you got to get used to taking bumps again. 
Uh, my big thing is he's going to NXT. A lot of people are thinking he's going to go to Raw. Prove to me honor is A mana bomb from the Macho Punk. Thank you so much, Macho Punk, for dropping a mana bomb right on my head. Mana Israel. So I think he's going to go to NXT. I think he has a lot of dream matches that he can have there that we never really got to see. I would love to see him work with, uh, I mean, geez, anybody down there right now. When Velveteen Dream comes back, I think him and d Brown would have a good match. Him and some of these Ring of Honor guys that are there, like Adam Cole, Kyle, Cool Kyle, obviously. Love to see him with Finn Balor. That would be fun to watch. So I, I would love to see him go to NXT. Raw, the best part about Raw was the amount of guys that I saw on it on Monday. Okay, They're trying to get everybody on TV without using the 24-7 championship, which I liked. It just felt like a, hey, we have Angel Garza. We have Drew Gulak. Let's use them. We signed Mansoor. Let's use him. We, brought, we have... Uh, we'll get into it. We have Lucha House Party. Let's use them. Like, they were throwing more and more stuff at the wall on Raw, which I kind of liked. It felt very Attitude Era-esque. Like, everybody needs to be doing something, okay? We're only going to have three-minute matches tonight, but everyone's going to be doing something. So, I mean, I, I got that vibe from Raw. So, we'll see where Daniel Bryan goes. I don't think he's going to, to Raw. I hope he goes to NXT. Even NXT UK, him and Walter would fucking tear it down. Um, Mick Foley, this was over the weekend. Obviously, with the Mickey James stuff, the Chelsea Green stuff, that's all come out of it. The Macho Punk says, how long are they going to be running MG the Thunderdome? They got the, so that's what Macho Punk, he asked how long they're going to be running the Thunderdome. Uh, they announced that July 14th, I believe, is going to be WWE Extreme Rules on Peacock. And that's going to be live from the Thunderdome. So I know they were talking about testing out live events in July. So it looks like at least till July, they're going to have uh, the Thunderdome. Maybe SummerSlam will be the end of the thunderdome era and we'll start going back to live crowds and uh hey joe biden said independence day we're all going to be able to do whatever we want again so hopefully that's true and we can get back out and go see some wrestling i know that mlw major league wrestling is having some events uh they're having a tv taping in september here in dallas that i'm kind of interested in going to so i'll probably be heading to that and that's in september so we should be fine there uh, but Mick Foley wants this all-female brand because, you know, that's kind of the thing. You know, Mickey James brought it up on, on a podcast. You know, she pitched the, the idea for an all-female brand. So Mick says, you got to do it. Now, I, I love that it, it seems like – now, I now automatically my WWE fanboy kicks in and I go, you know, they tried Evolution. They had a women's pay-per-view. Now, you can blame how it was booked. There's so many reasons that WWE Evolution did not work. And, I mean, what was that, 2018, we had Ronda Rousey on the card. We had Sasha and Bayley. I mean, all the Becky Lynch, Charlotte, all the women were there. All the big names, the big ticket items were, were there. And the pay-per-view didn't do well. It didn't do well for network numbers, and there wasn't a ton of interest or buzz in it. Maybe it'll be a little different now. I think, you know, there's women's tag titles. There's If you had a, a solo women's brand, you would have one champion. Maybe you'd have an intercontinental title or something like that. Uh, I'd be, I'd watch it. I mean, I'm the guy who's call, uh, calling for a 205 Live reform. I think they should fix 205 Live and get rid of all these recaps of what happened on Raw. I think it's important to use that TV time for matches or to put over other talent. It seems like WWE is really invested in making sure, um, really making sure that Braun Strowman and Drew are on every fucking show and Lashley every show. They gotta have a, a recap of what happened with those guys. But with the, with the women's brand, I even talked about this. I mean, I, I see it does it is niche, obviously. It really is a niche idea. Like, it's but it, as far as 
getting over new talent or trying some different things, a women's brand would allow, like, where's Liv Morgan been? Where's Ruby Riot? Where are some of these other women that are on the show? Like, it seems like they're just completely forgotten about. Now, one idea that I've always had with Monday Night Raw is you have these three hours. Why not treat it like Nitro, where hour one, the hour one talent is hour one talent. Why don't you make the first hour of Raw the women's show? Why not, why not just have it's all females in the first hour. You can talk about what's going to happen throughout the rest of the night. Set up second hour shit, third hour shit. But you keep all of this talent exclusive to hour number one. And I think that would be a, an interesting idea as far as forcing you to put away all this other shit that you have planned as far as, okay, we got to show recap packages. We got to make sure we get this on the show and this on the show. We need to show a video package of Braun Strowman and how dominant he is multiple times. We need to keep showing that shit. But if you take all that off of our number one and make it its own unique show, the women's brand or whatever, the, the ladies hour or whatever you want to call it, it might force you to use that hour in a different way. Let's have Liv Morgan do something. Let's have uh, Lana and Naomi. I mean, they're, they cut a backstager that nobody saw it was on uh like their their youtube page or something like they're talking about the three on two advantage and they need to bring in somebody to help them out so now they're going to be bringing somebody like all this stuff doesn't happen on raw like it really is the women are kind of being relegated to if you're not fighting for a title you're not really on the show like i think sonya deville's idea was i'm going to be a uh, <laughs> i want to be an authority figure so i can at least be on the show constantly you know, Mandy Rose and Dana are still slapped together for who knows what reason. So I see a way a women's division or a women's brand could work. If you if you get all the most talented women on one one-hour show or two-hour show, there's enough to do a two-hour show, clearly. Becky Lynch is ready to come back. She's been working out at my cousin's gym in El Segundo, California. So I thought she was going to come back at WrestleMania, so we're still waiting on her return. Uh, you have Charlotte, you have Tamina, you have Natalia. There's so many talented women on this roster, but when you have Shayna Baszler losing in three minutes every night, it seems like we're not using these women correctly. So maybe their own brand, their own segment would be beneficial. Um, and then Macho Punk says, I don't think it would hold attention. I mean, it might not. You know, we could we could try it out for a couple weeks, and maybe it doesn't work. Maybe, maybe nobody wants to see it, and that's it. Maybe we just, hey, at least we tried it. Because I think that's the big thing is that Vince hasn't tried it or that WWE hasn't tried it. And I, I mean, who knows? I w we would like to see. I know I would watch it. I watched, you know, I, I checked out 205 Live when it came in. Uh, Maddie Spice says, bring in commentators and ring announcers that we know. Sure. You know, it did feel kind of weird watching Evolution. I'm like, Michael Cole is on the show. He's like the only man on the entire show. Uh, you know, th that did feel a little odd. It was even, I remember Byron Saxon in Saudi Arabia when they couldn't let Renee Young there. He was doing uh panel shit ring announcing he was all over the place he was doing a great job that night but with women right now in the wwe i think we go through phases of like like right now this rhea ripley oscar shit is terrible and macho punk in the chat says is this mick foley's idea he was the one who said it on twitter to vince he added vince which i think vince blocked mick foley on twitter uh especially since the trump stuff can we get this guy out of our hall of fame him and vince are friends it doesn't you know just because some crazy people raided the, the Capitol doesn't mean that Vince can't be his friend anymore. But they're talking about AE. So if AEW had an all-women's brand, you know that it would be on YouTube on Mondays and nobody would watch it. I, w I wouldn't. So I think that 
what we need to do right now. TWFS says Dana and Mandy ruined our revolution. Eva is coming to put the nail in the coffin. <laughs> Ava Marie is coming back. She's she is being like over. The, I hope she brings back bra and panties matches. Like the way they did her little return package. Ava Marie hasn't been in the WWE for I think six or seven years. Maybe maybe not that long, but she was just uh, she's just hot. All right, just hot as fuck. Right, she can't wrestle. I watched her wrestle on NXT, and the referee did like a one, two, and then he did like a like he froze his hand right here. And, like, maybe a second later, Eva finally, like, kind of rolled. And the crowd was booing the shit out of her because she fucked up a kick out. I'll never forget that moment. So, I mean, but she just shows up. She's all hot, sitting on a car. I hope she just comes back and she's like, I'm bringing back the divas. We're having fucking bra and panties matches, gravy bowl matches. We're trying to get some ratings here, people. We're, we're, we're doing this shit again. And maybe there's room for that on this all-women's brand that we're creating. We're going to have the women that are, we're serious wrestlers. I'm going to have Ava Marie doing the gimmick where her top comes off again. Her wardrobe malfunction off camera. All red, everything. So, it's Mick Foley's idea. Who knows what will happen? I don't think Vince will go for it. It'd be fun to try. Maybe we'll get more women's pay-per-views. Sonic underscore Gino says Everrise rules. Everrise was on 205 Live. I actually kind of know who they are now. I watched them wrestle matches. So, I'm a little more familiar with these guys. Uh, speaking of 205 Live, main event did some TV tapings before Monday Night Raw. Jinder Mahal's back, which is kind of weird. Like, Jinder Mahal, uh, maybe this is a way to get me to watch main event, but Mahal is, uh, he's back. He beat, he beats up Jeff Hardy, who's also back. Where's Jeff Hardy been at? And it looks like Jinder Mahal's going to be in a faction with Indus Sure, whatever those guys' names are. Indus Sure is these two big Indian guys. They wrestled in Rinka King, uh, the TNA India promotion uh, and they're just two big Indian guys so they're almost like two heavies they're like uh, they're like authors of pain almost just scarier they got like wild Samoan face paint on so Jinder Mahal's back he is from Winnipeg Manitoba Canada but they tell us he's from India he's tan the modern day Maharaja not the best in-ring competitor but he is a former WWE champion so Jinder Mahal and Indus Sure will be on main event this Thursday check it out on Hulu I think that's the only place to watch it. Um, but let's get into fucking Monday Night Raw. I got the graphic behind me. I watched Monday Night Raw a little bit last night, a little bit today. So this show did have a lack of moments ago, before the break, earlier tonight. Uh, they, they, they seem to cut down on that. They must be listening to me. However, they're like, what do we fill this time with? I got an idea. Uh, I'm Caleb Braxton backstage with MVP. Uh, MVP, what do you think of the match tonight? MVP, what do you think about Drew McIntyre? MVP, what do you think about Braun Strowman? Like, how many fucking segments do we have to have Kayla backstage with MVP? And the whole show felt like the Kayla and MVP show. They should have been like Statler and Waldorf sitting in like a table together. Like, what'd you think of the match, MVP? You know what, Bobby Lashley would smash AJ Styles and Amos. I like what they're doing, but they're no match for the Almighty. Thank you so much, MVP. Back to you. Adnan like it really was this odd why are we going back there so many times and then right before the main event MVP's back there by himself he doesn't need Kayla for this promo just keep having MVP talk we want more mic time we don't want more ring time what was the what was the like longest match on this show this Monday Night Raw that we watched 
Like it really felt like the Attitude Era, and and I and I mean that because I've watched the the, the one of the most familiar episodes of the Attitude Era that I'm that I have in my brain is the Monday Night Raw after Owen Hart passed away after he died. Uh, they had ten matches on that show. Ten matches on a Monday Night Raw spliced in with tributes to Owen Hart where people are crying and telling Owen Hart stories. There was 10 matches on that show. And it feels like in the Attitude Era, in a two-hour show, they would throw out a one-minute match. I mean, Vince Russo is the one booking it. Get out there. Don't do a rest hold, bro. Get out there. Throw the nightstick. Get DQ'd. Beat him down. And that'll set up something later on, bro. We'll figure it out. Like, that was kind of their idea in the Attitude Era. So, although all the matches were really short on this episode of Raw, I kind of felt good that we were seeing more people. Wong, catch the buzz, feel the sting. winner from Kevin Scampoli. A chicken winner. Thank you so much, Kevin, for the chicken winner. Uh, he also said that they used Kayla and MVP as the earlier tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, they, they just... What do we do instead of having a, a video package? Let's have MVP talk about it. Let's have him talk about the coin toss. Like, oh, he's really unlucky. He won that coin toss. That wasn't good for him. He's going to lose. And, yeah, also in the chat from Kevin, yeah, uh, Drew McIntyre was kind of being a heel last night. And it, there was even a moment during the main event where Drew McIntyre, the Scottish warrior, the, the vanilla baby face, like uh, Bobby Lashley, the big heel badass champion, he went to give, like, Drew a fist bump. Because he distracted Braun Strowman. And, like, I almost thought Drew was going to bump it. I was like, are they going to bump fist right now? Are they friends again? Like, what happened? It was a weird moment, but Drew was kind of be he's, He might be the tweener of this triple threat. You know, we all know the formula for triple threat. is supposed to be heel, babyface, tweener. So the tweener can be booed or cheered. Not really sure. He's just going to do – he can do heel shit to the babyface, and he can get sympathy on, on the, the heater, on the heel. So – Maybe they're setting up Drew to be in the middle and Braun's going to be the white meat vanilla baby face. I'm still waiting for the, the reveal that Braun Strowman is in cahoots with Mason T-Bar. Uh, I don't know where Mason T-Bar were tonight or last night. I didn't see him. But uh, let's go down the show. I have bullet points. AJ Styles and Amos. The formula for their matches sucks, but I love it. Like, it sucks for AJ Styles. One of my favorite wrestlers, obviously. AJ Styles, many years in TNA. The phenomenal one, X Division champion, TNA World champion, New J- uh, IWGP heavyweight champion, WWE champion. Whenever he gets tagged in, he's gonna get his ass kicked for four minutes. Like it's just how it is. We need a hot tag, and even though they're the heel tag team, they're still working like a babyface tag team because AJ's getting his ass kicked by New Day, and just like at WrestleMania, he's getting his ass kicked. And we are waiting for AJ to make that big tag. Get the big tag, AJ. And AJ goes and tags Amos. Amos comes in and kicks ass. Tags in AJ to get the pin. So it is like this funny, it's going to be formulaic. It's going to be AJ's getting his ass kicked. We want to see Amos come in and dominate. So even though they're heels, they have a babyface formula in their matches. And uh, it was cool to see them on Raw, at least. You know, they came out and even talked about how, you know, didn't you miss us? And the show needed these guys. AJ Styles is great. If you go to, my, if you go to WWE.com, he's on the Raw banner. So they know he's important to this to this brand, to this product. Uh, Charlotte had a match with Dana Brooke, and it was actually kind of decent. But, you know, Dana comes out, does her flip. It's already amazing. Holy shit. We're about to have a good match. And then her facials and her in the ring, her, her tag team with Mandy, it just all feels so, like, 
I don't know. Maybe they like Ma- Mandy. We all know is ready. Mandy's great, but Dana still feels like when they called her up from NXT, it's like, are you sure? I mean, on breaking ground, Dana Brooke and Mandy are both just blonde chicks. So clearly, we got to put them in a tag team together. And Dana, uh, Dana Brooke is, you know, she used to be like the bodybuilder one, and. When she was in NXT, she was on a great program called Breaking Ground, which I don't think is on the network yet, or on Peacock. And on Breaking Ground, it kind of showed how unsure she was about her her role in the business and if she could make it as a wrestler. And I, I remember specifically her and Nia Jax kind of had uh, some miscommunications, and they just weren't that – they didn't work very well together down there in NXT – you know, they're having all the women take Nia Jax, obviously, is like 6'5", 300 pounds. So she's tossing chicks around, and that's like, okay, let's all work on that. Let's all work on being slammed around. And Dana couldn't do it. Dana got hurt. And she just seemed like she, you know, like, you compare her to almost like a Lana. Of like somebody who's learning to wrestle, and she's going to figure it out. But she still seems like just her character, it's odd. It's odd for me. So I was excited to see her get a match, and of course she lost. I kind of thought she might get a win here, but they were setting up Charlotte to be added to the match at, at WrestleMania Backlash, which still, worst name of a pay-per-view ever, WrestleMania Backlash. Like, it must be somebody in the marketing department saying, the name WrestleMania sells, so we need to use that as much as we can. This pay-per-view after WrestleMania, why don't we advertise it as the backlash from WrestleMania. So let's just put the WrestleMania logo on it and just call it WrestleMania backlash, which I hate. It just seems like we talk about WrestleMania coming one night a year. Now it's two nights, but you can still say, well, it's the grandest stage of them all. Now it's okay. It's the grandest stage. And we're also having a fallout pay-per-view called WrestleMania backlash. I I hate it. I think it's lazy. It, It almost talk about the purity and the sanctity of WrestleMania, this is ruining it. Uh, and as I talked about earlier, Eva Marie is back, baby, looking hot as shit. She's just sitting there on top of a car, looking hot. Uh, she knows what wrestling's about. She's got the figure. She's been working out. She's like on the cover of Women's Muscle and Fitness every fucking week. We know who she is, and she knows who she is. So I'm excited to see her back. I know that she gets a lot of hate from wrestling purists. Thank you for the hype, Kevin. I appreciate it. Sonic Gino brings up there was also WrestleMania SmackDown, which I kind of gave them a little bit of a pass for that because of COVID. I thought they had to have the matches with the most people on SmackDown in the Thunderdome because I can just imagine how much heat they would have got for there's a million people in the ring and they're not social distancing and all the all the fucking Joe Bidens of the world would have been so mad at WWE for having that match at WrestleMania in front of a live crowd. So let's have the backlash. Let's have the battle royal. And let's have the eight-person in a tag team match. Well, let's have that in the Thunderdome, and we'll just t- we'll advertise it like it's WrestleMania. So, because the fans like Vleeties will know that this is SmackDown, but we're gonna call it WrestleMania because these matches typically would be on WrestleMania if it wasn't for the pandemic. Let me get a swig of water here for the pandemic. Oh my goodness. Uh, and I and I have a bullet point here. There's just too much and too much of MVP and Kayla. Like it just it felt like three or four times throughout this three hour show, I had to see MVP backstage with Kayla. Now I listen to 83 weeks occasionally, 
Bischoff is so right when he's talking about how these these are useless. These like fake interviews. Like I think even Nia Jax did great. Uh, it might have been this night or on SmackDown. Like we know who we're facing tonight. I think it was on SmackDown where they tried to ask her, like, how do you feel about your... Yeah, we know that we're facing Tamina and Natalia. We're not stupid. And, you know, they add, they put graphics on the screen the whole night. We all know what the matches are going to be. So when they're like, how do you feel about, you know, Bobby fighting Braun Strowman? Come on. And just have MVP back there cutting his own promo. MLW style. Hold a phone up to your face and cut it. Although MLW does have Alicia Atut, and I cannot watch that show if she wasn't on it. So maybe I'm a hypocrite in a lot of ways. But if in that one-hour show I saw Alicia Atut talking to TJP five times, three times, it would be a little redundant and a little annoying. Uh, Sonic Gino says watching Talking Smack Raw Talk does a better job of the wrestlers. I can't watch those shows. I just can't watch it. There's a level. I, I, I watch 205 Live. I've been trying to catch up on NWA Power. I just don't have it in me to watch Talking Smack and Raw Talk. I really don't. Uh, they did show a lot of footage of Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman in Dallas uh, from a couple years ago where they tackled each other through the set and the pyro went off. and It was crazy. I was there live. I was there live. I saw it all with my buddy Jeff. And we, a, great, a great segment on Raw. But why are we showing that footage? And we're not showing the footage of like six weeks ago when Lashley beat Strowman in like a minute and a half. Remember, it was like Lashley and Braun, and if Braun wins, he gets added to the title match, so it'll be Miz, Braun, and Bobby, and Bobby beat Braun in like a minute. How come that doesn't get brought up? Why is that ignored? That goes under the radar entirely. But uh, it's really, really, it, it just seems really funny to me that, hey, we really need to build Braun back up. Let's ignore what happened a few weeks ago where he lost to Bobby really fast. So I'm constantly seeing... Bobby and Braun, I'm seeing highlights of that. They even played a video package of Braun just beating up jobbers. Like, they're just trying to show he's dominant. They did it for Drew as well. It really felt like a, an oversaturation again of these fucking characters. Like, when you watch Dynamite, you might see a, a person twice tops. Like, it really doesn't feel like the show opens with a promo from, from Kenny Omega. Then there's a backstage segment with Kenny Omega. Then there's a match with Kenny Omega. Like, it doesn't feel like there's that same formula. And Raw has that in their DNA where it's like, people watch this three-hour show because they want to see Bobby, they want to see Braun, and they want to see Drew. So we're going to give it to them a lot. Because if you miss hour one of Raw and you don't get to see, let's say you don't get to see AJ and Omas. You don't get to see, I mean, you missed it. Sorry, you're out of luck. You missed it. But with the other shit, they make sure you watch it. They make sure that you see it. They want to make sure that you see Bobby Braun Drew. This is our title match. We're trying to sell a pay-per-view, and this is the only way we know how to do it. And even the show, they showed that graphic 100 times, Bobby versus Braun tonight, which I think is fine. Hi hype up your main event all you want. But when you have MVP backstage talking about it, when you have constant video packages of the match in Dallas, but not the – why not advertise a few weeks ago? Bobby beat Braun really quick, and Braun wants a redemption match. Why not add that to the to the fire the fire a little bit? I don't understand the idea there, and I, and I know that it's I, like there are a lot of things of Monday Night Raw that I enjoyed last night. I, I'm being honest. A lot of things I really enjoyed about this show. 
I enjoyed seeing Lucha House Party versus Shelton and Cedric. Long catch the buzz, feel the chicken winner was just donated by the Macho Punk. And also a smoothie. Long catch the buzz, feel the Thank you, Macho Punk. Hit me with the elixir. The the smoothie guy with the glasses is doing his little finger point. I appreciate it, Macho Punk. Thank you so much. If you want to come in and interrupt, you want to play some sounders, you go to trovo.live slash bleedies Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Central. That's 10 p.m. Eastern time to join the party. So I like seeing these guys on my show, Lucha House Party, Shelton and Cedric. And I, I actually liked Cedric's promo at the end, too. Like, fuck you, Shelton. It kind of felt like, it, like in my head, I, it was just nice to see a match, a, new, a match that I didn't expect. LHP, Shelton and Cedric, kind of an AEW formula. Let's get our, let's get everyone on this show. WWE isn't faction heavy at the moment like AEW. So AEW, with all their factions, they know they can get everyone on the show. But seeing these four guys, who I honestly did not expect to see, they had a fun little match. It was quick. They kept it short, Attitude Era style. And then they had some storyline afterwards. Cedric kind of taunting Shelton, saying this is why we got kicked out of the Hurt Business, because you're a loser. And then, and then you follow that segment up with Garza and Drew Gulak having a match. And yes, the match was another three-minute match. But when Garza, Angel Garza, by the way, is, is the lethal Lothario. He's a handsome man. He's, he's Latino. Very gorgeous man. So gorgeous. His gimmick is having a rose, and he was giving his rose to Charlie Caruso. He's been hitting on Nia Jax lately. And Drew Gulak, who is like a nerd, he's like a, a Daniel Bryan, uh, a light uh, diet Daniel Bryan. He kind of comes in and, and, you know, says Garza can't score, kind of makes fun of him. And it sets up a quick little match, an easy way to set up a match. And, and Garza says something a little creepy at the end of their little backstage where Garza says, I'm going to take this rose, shove it up your asshole. And it was odd. Like, I'm watching USA Network. I'm like, okay. Fascinating. They would let that go. And the match ends, and Garza legit puts the rose in Gulak's bottoms. He puts it, you know, in the ass area. And then he kicks him in the ass, implying that the rose now went up his ass. Now, this is WWE where we have Carlito spitting apples in people's faces. And, you know, we we kind of do we, – we, we give gimmicks to people, okay? Very gimmicky show. This gimmick is great. If Garza turns babyface and starts kicking roses up people's ass, I can't do nothing but get behind it. I love it. And, you know, he just takes the rosebud. There's no real stem in there. He just kind of jammed it in Drew Gulak's tights. Drew Gulak was laid out on his belly uh, after losing the match. He took a, a wing clipper and a pin. The wing clipper is a great move, by the way. It looks dangerous. It looks like a kick to the liver. He, you know, he sets him up in almost like an underhook DDT. And then just drops them on their ass. And it almost looks like you know he's breaking their neck, which is supposed to be the illusion. So I don't know. I enjoy this a little bit. I think it's you got to do this. You have all this, all these guys on the roster, all this talent. We haven't seen Angel Garza really do anything in the ring in months. Now we have a chance to get him in the ring. Uh, the Viking Raiders were also on this show. They were relegated already to a backstage segment with Matt Riddle. So hopefully, hopefully they're on main event or something. I don't know why we bring back the Viking Raiders like it's going to be important. And now they're already backstage goofing around with Riddle. Their characters are, are no longer, uh, they're, they're no longer like these Viking Raiders anymore. Now they're, they like the Cleveland Browns. They're just regular bros. 
and I know they did the whole all that shit with the street profits, but you know, I thought with with Ivar coming back, you can kind of do a or Eric, whatever their fucking names are. Uh, when he came back, it was kind of a, a, a choice at a at a, re- a rebrand. Hey, we're the Viking Raiders again, right? We're the War Raiders. Ricardo in the chat says that rosebudding is when you fuck someone's anal prolapse, ladies. That sounds terrible. I didn't need to know that. This is a PG show, Ricardo. Uh, RK bro was outstanding on Raw. Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. It makes so much sense having silly Matt Riddle and serious Randy Orton and the zipping of the lips. Here, take the key. It's something I would have booked. Like, it just seems so easy and simple, and it makes sense. And I love their their quick match against Elias and, and Riker. And again, three-hour show filled with two-minute matches. So I, I really liked it. I think Randy Orton, and I like that he's embracing the gimmick a little bit more. He needed a, he needed a tag partner, so of course he went to Riddle for help. I liked it. Uh, Mansoor debuted. I've been watching a little main event, a little 205 Live, so I've gotten a little familiar with Mansoor these past couple weeks. And again, new new talent on Raw, mixing it up, not copy and paste from the week before with small tweaks. Mansoor comes in, he gets a match against Sheamus, uh, Angel or Angel Garza, Umberto Carrillo, who's been attacked these past couple weeks by Sheamus, gets involved in the match. I, I don't know if we're setting up some sort of triple threat match between Mansoor, uh, <laughs> Mansoor, Sheamus, and Carrillo, but it's just, it's just nice to, to get new faces on Raw and using, using, uh, using them in different ways. And uh, Sonic Gino in the chat saying <laughs> that Mansoor lost his undefeated streak on Raw because he lost that match by DQ thanks to Umberto Carrillo. So, you know, it's not like it was advertised that he was undefeated. And if he was undefeated, it was where it didn't matter. 205 Live? <laughs> like, may, it, it would be better if he had, comes in with a with some sort of a streak in NXT where he's like the NXT champion. But it, he, he doesn't, you know, 205 Live doesn't matter, Gino. They don't know that it – Vince doesn't know that it's there. He forgets. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Lily is the worst fucking thing ever. Like, I'm just so sick of it. I don't care. I didn't like The Fiend. Now you're giving me another version of it. I hate it. She's still on the swings. Or Is this going to turn into a match? Or is this just going to be every week they keep him backstage and I can fast forward it? Oh, maybe Gino was making a joke that 205 Lives Matter. Maybe that's what he meant to do. 205 Lives Matter. Prove to me honor is real. Prove to me that honor is real. Gino says that damn Ted DiBiase again. Ted DiBiase made another appearance on NXT t- tonight. And we will get into NXT in just a second. Uh, but after the Alexa Bliss and Lily bullshit, because Alexa Bliss is back there pretending to be the fiend now. She's got eye paint on. Uh, Bray Wyatt's not around. Let's just use this. Let's use this. I hated it. I can't stand it. So I was actually fired up when Lana and Naomi came out. I was like, cool, more faces. Let's do this. We got uh, as many people as we can on this Raw. Let's keep going. And, of course, they had a silly match with uh, with Nia and Shayna again. You know, kind of a copy-paste for this segment, but you put it after the, the Alexa Bliss shit. I'm like, yes, this is great. Um, and, yeah, I do have this note, Kevin, that the, the moments ago and earlier tonight was replaced by constant backstage promos constant backstage shit of MVP 
constant. We even got two Randy Orton backstagers. You got tomatoes thrown at him. So in the main event, they gave it less than, you know, it was about 10 minutes for the main event. You know, it was whatever. It was, it was a match that needed to happen. It did nothing for either guy. It made Drew kind of look like an asshole. Overall, like, I, I don't want to give a letter grade to this Raw. On Thursday, I will do my, my rankings of the week. I will go through where every show ranked, in my opinion. Um, I am, I'm going to put this show below SmackDown, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, it was <laughs> Ricardo says that he laughed really hard when uh, Lily Lily is like this little puppet that Alexa Bliss hangs out with her. She's a doll. She's supposed to be this evil doll and her mouth moves. So she bit at the camera and it made Ricardo laugh because it is silly and stupid. So when I go through and I rank all the shows throughout the week, we'll have to see where Raw lands. Maybe top five. I think it was I think it was Who the bottom last week. Mana is real. Thank you so much, Kevin, for some roses. And thank you so much, Gino, for the uh, the grizzled young veterans who continue to impress me every week on NXT. Uh, before I get to what happened on NXT tonight, I would just briefly want to touch on 205 Live because I did watch it. I believe 205 Live hits Hulu on Fridays, um, just at a random time on Fridays, maybe around SmackDown. I'm not even sure. I know it's taped on Tuesdays uh, around NXT, but the Bollywood boys are still around. I had no idea. So the Bollywood boys, for those who remember Jinder Mahal with the Singh brothers, Sunil and Samir Singh, uh, the, they were originally the Bollywood boy, boys in NXT. They were even a tag team in Rink, uh, Rinka King, second Rinka King mention of the night, uh, the TNA India Project, Rinka King, ran by Jeff Jarrett, I believe. Um, but the Bollywood boys were on 205 Live which I thought was really like cool to see. They had their fun entrance and I don't watch a ton of 205 live. So I, you know, I've been watching it kind of more frequently just trying to see what's been going on. It's really a 10 minute show. So you can, it's great. The Bollywood boys are still around. They look great. And it was a strange match because they're fighting Jake Atlas, Jake Atlas, who I see on NXT. He was on NXT tonight with LA Knight, uh, And Jake Atlas has a great theme song. Sonic Geno's played it on here before. He was teaming with August Gray. I don't know a ton about August Gray. He looks like a happy child of Trent from AEW and Peter Avalon from AEW. Like, if they fucked, this is what it would look like. This is the Peter Avalon, Trent Beretta child is August Gray. And they teamed up, and somehow August Gray and Jake Atlas got the big W. And for those who don't watch 205 Live, I would say, you know, you're going to fast forward half of it. But it was pretty good, you know, and this 205 Live was was on Friday, so it had clips from last week's Raw. And instead of doing any Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman shit, the recap from Raw they wanted to show me was New Day and Damian Priest throwing tomatoes at Miz. Why? I mean, they showed the whole segment. They took 15 minutes of 205 Live on Hulu to show me this segment, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous. And then... You know, one recap that made sense was they showed me an NXT recap because Santos Escobar and Kushida are feuding for the Cruiserweight Championship on NXT. So if if 205 Live is going to have any recaps, it should be around the Cruiserweight Championship. Why would we? Why would it be any other way? Why do I have to see Miz Morrison, Elias getting tomatoes thrown like? Why is that important enough to take away from what could be a match on 205 Live? 
There could be four matches every 205 Live. They can do four 10-minute matches. They can do three 15, 18-minute matches. But it's more important to get over what's happening on Raw, even if it's a tomato segment, which I thought was terrible. Terrible. And then Everrise. I got to see Everrise in a match, I think. This is my first time. They're Canadians. They do some, like, morning show on, on Peacock or some shit on YouTube. Can't even remember. Gino is a huge fan of these guys. I don't see much in them, but they had a pretty good showing. They're like the Young Bucks. They're the Canadian Young Bucks, just way less successful. And they beat Tony Nese and uh, Aria Davari. Tony Nese, I mean, I've been a fan of his even from his TNA days. You know, he looks great. He's got the eight-pack. Uh, he's been with he's been a, a 205 Live superstar since the beginning. So has Aria Davari. Aria Davari is Sean Davari, Kozro Davari's brother, younger brother. Not as jacked as Sean Davari, but he's good. I like him. I like both these guys. They're the 205 Live OGs, which is kind of a fun gimmick. You know, that we've been here since the beginning. I think they might be the only ones. You know, there's no more Jack Gallagher. That's for sure. Um, uh, Cedric's still there. Cedric's an OG. But Ricochet, I guess Ricochet was never technically an OG there. Sonic underscore Geno says, speaking of ring cocking, Jake something has a match against the Shira and BTI this week. I forgot to give you that graphic. Damn it, Gino. We don't need BTI graphics, all right? I don't watch BTI, but I might check that match out. Because Rohit Raju cost Jake something. Rohit Raju is an Indian guy. His uh, his buddy is Mahubali Shira, who was on Rinka King. Third mention of tonight, the Rinka King show. The official podcast of Rinka King is this right here. So Mahubali Shira is going to take on Jake something because Rohit cost Jake something the match last week on Impact Wrestling. Jake something, for some reason, is getting buried. Like It felt like they had an idea for him. They were going to do something with him, but I guess not. Start and stop. Why not? Uh, Everrise gets the victory over Tony Nese and Davari. Again, this show could be really good. And I remember there was an era where I didn't like it, and it was opening with Enzo talking with Gulak, talking with a couple of the other guys on NXT and I, or on 205 and I didn't like it. However, I kind of regret not liking that because I think that would be cool if you had this show exist in its own universe of the Cruiserweight champion. has He's the world champion of this show. And you should be having more matches, more cruiserweights. They talk about uh, the Bollywood boys moving up the tag team ranks. There's no tag team division really on 205 Live. So are you maybe set up like an option C type deal where, you know, the 205 Live champions maybe get one shot a month at some of the tag team titles. Whether that's the NXT tag team championships or the Raw or SmackDown. Like... Hey, you know, the, the cruiserweights, you know, these are, this is the top-ranked team. They get a title match. Just have a throwaway. Have something fun, something different. And I think 205 could be really good, but, again, it's just a forgotten-about show. They put two matches on it, and then they fill it with recaps. Like, I think the first match, that Bollywood Boys match, was about 11 minutes, including entrances. And then the main event was probably 15, including entrances. So I think they could use this show in a, in a better way. But, of course, they don't care about it. I was the only person who watched, me and Gino were the only ones that watched the show. I wish Hulu would put view counts on some of these shows. Because I guarantee two of our live had like, being generous, 5,000, maybe. 
but I have added WWE main event and 205 Live to my Hulu, uh, my stuff. Because it's easy to watch those. I just fast forward to all the recaps. I watch Raw. I got plenty of recaps. Okay, folks. Let's get into the meat. You know why we're here. We watched NXT tonight. I watched it live. USA Network commercials and all. Every commercial break, I wanted to get a Little Caesars pizza. Big pizza will go away eventually. Little Caesars is going to put them all out of business, Jack. Nobody will survive. Little Caesars pizza is coming for you. This show was outstanding. Probably the best NXT since Stand and Deliver. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Leon Ruff opened the show. Falls count anywhere. Isaiah Swerve Scott kind of looks like Kofi Kingston mixed with Chris Bay. It was a weird, you know, every time I see him, I'm confused on who he looks like. Uh, Sonic Gino just gave a dollar. I got to bring up my, my uh, I'll bring it all up here. Oh, you're probably giving it to me in Discord as well. Just got a notification. But this show was so good, okay? This, this match was so good to open the show. We got to see uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, like I said. He looks like Chris Bay mixed with Kofi Kingston. He's, just a, he's a kick-ass black dude who wears... Uh, he wears like capris. I don't like the capris, but I like his look. I like his finishing maneuver. Everything about this guy screams that he could be something much better than what he is right now. And maybe this Leon Ruff stuff, once this goes away, he will move on to the North American title or the NXT championship. But he is great. And he and Leon Ruff had a fucking outstanding match. Leon Ruff is a scrawny fucking kid looking guy. I mean, he barely looks like a, a, a man. He just looks like a high schooler. And I think that's part of the gimmick, but he hit a poison Rana. Leon Ruff hit a poison Rana to swerve onto the outside of the ring from the ring apron. It was fucking gnar. It was wicked gnar, bro. It was a great it was a great spot on the match. I really enjoyed it. Uh, swerve Scott is great. Unfortunately, I feel like he's not a main roster guy. He needs to go to Impact Wrestling. I think he would do great there. Uh and he has a he has, you know his gimmick is that he has he's like a music producer he does his own music we've heard some of his songs and he has like a posse so AJ Francis this big fucking guy from his posse comes out and helps Scott win the match so even though Scott should win this match easily cuz he's bigger than Leon Ruff Leon Ruff's like 120 pounds uh, he still needed help to win cuz he's he's a heel can't just have him win clean but I really enjoyed this match. Go and watch this match. Isaiah Swerve Scott, he's going to do good, big things. Because I, I, every time I would see his name, I would like, oh, I've never seen him wrestle. And I think I've seen him wrestle twice now. And I think he's outstanding. I really do. His work in the uh, at Stand and Deliver was really good. And here we are now on NXT, and his work is still standing up. And I, I want to see more of him. He's, he's one of these guys I want to see more of, which is a little, a little rare right now in wrestling. So I got to give it to him. Uh, Austin Theory and Johnny Gargano, hilarious on this show as always. They uh, they get backstage with uh, with Scarlett Bordeaux. She's sitting there talking to William Regal, looking hot as fuck, obviously. Um, and uh, Austin Theory makes a funny where he just, you know, he says, are, those are huge. Are those real? And Scarlett's sitting there wearing, I mean, I don't know what it's... It's called a corset, I guess. But, I mean, her tits are just out. 
Prove to me honor is real. A mana bomb from Rezzy. Thank you, Rezzy. I appreciate all of your mana, my good friend. And Scarlet's sitting there looking looking like a snack. And Austin Theory's asking her, are those real? They're so big. And then he looks at her fingernails and goes, they got to be real, right? He's like touching her. And then Johnny walks in like, what the fuck? Don't touch her. Get out of here. Don't touch her. And, of course, that sets up. You don't touch Karrion Cross's girl. So next week, Austin Theory versus Karrion Cross. Uh, a squash match. We need to watch Theory take a uh, Saito suplex. Um, the show moves on to Asher Hale, who is just some jobber fuck. Cameron Grimes comes out, and they're wearing matching trunks, man. I swear to fucking God. I don't know who let Asher Hale go out with, like, these brown and black striped trunk-looking things. He looked just like Cameron Grimes. And when uh, Asher Hale came out, he just looks like a jobber. You know, he's in shape, good-looking dude. Uh, I remember sitting there, I'm like, oh, who's going to squash him? I was just kind of like wondering who this fucking guy was. And then Cameron Grimes music hit, and I got really excited. Now, I know that a lot of people who listen to this aren't fans of Cameron Grimes. I love this fucking guy. I think he's doing great with his gimmick. He makes me laugh constantly. He seems like he, I don't know if he's doing this on purpose. He kind of looks like he's getting out of shape. And I feel like with his gimmick, maybe that's part of it. Hey, I'm rich. I do whatever I want. I'm gonna, I got to beef up a little bit. I'm just eating. He's getting a little, you know, he's putting it on there. But it was fun to see Cameron Grimes in this match, even though they're wearing matching clothes. Cameron Grimes was Trevor Lee in NXT. I hate, or not in NXT, in uh, Impact. And he was one of the many reasons during that era, I was like, I'm not watching Impact. Impact sucks. This guy sucks. He's the X Division champion. He's terrible. But I didn't watch it really. Now I regret, I, I'm seriously thinking about watching, getting Impact Plus and watching all of the years that I missed. Like 2016 to 2019, I might need to watch all of that. And I'll let you guys know if that ever happens or if I do it. Maybe we'll watch an episode and review it once a week. But uh, moving on, EverRise was on NXT. They had little things, little mugs that said EverRise rules. These are the Canadian Young Bucks that Gino likes. I even put a note here, Gino loved this shit. He got to see EverRise on USA Network. That means that they are still around. They're not going to get fired. Uh, so EverRise rules for one more week at least. We'll see what happens next week. And then we move on to the grizzled young veterans. Two annoying Englishmen from NXT UK. They are still here in NXT United States. I'm not exactly sure why. I don't know how it works anymore. But the grizzled young veterans had a match with Timothy Thatcher. Timothy Thatcher is miss- missing a tooth. He's like a brawler. He's Thatcher's Thatch can. He, you know, that's his wrestling style. I really enjoy everything that Timothy Thatcher and Tom- Tommaso Ciampa are doing. I just like them better as singles. Tommaso Ciampa sh- should still be going for the for the championship, right? Like, isn't he a an NXT champion at any moment? Like, why are we using him? Why are, why are we using him in these segments? Uh, Gino sent this video in. No laughing matter for the grizzled young veterans soon to be tag team champions. GYV, clearly that match didn't go as planned. This chick's super hot, by the way. I, I know they told me her name. She is super hot. New backstage reporter. Planned. What went wrong out there? What went wrong? Are you having a laugh? Look, I know you're new around here, but don't you dare come at us like that. Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher stole a victory tonight. And that victory... Soon 
soon to be. So for those watching this, this dude with the long hair, I think his name is James Drake. Pretty sure. This bald dude is um, oh my, Zach Gibson. I think I, that's their names. Or I got them mixed up. Either way, James Drake looks like Stevie Richards. And uh, this guy kind of looks like Oni Lorcan mixed with uh, Thatcher. So they had a match tonight. They lost. Didn't go their way. This is not okay for the GYV. Victory proves nothing. They claim to be the best technical wrestlers Scottish, in huh? this tag team division. And how did they beat us? With a shoe! With a size 15 knockoff Ted Baker shoe. Whoa, knockoff Ted Baker. So for those who don't watch NXT, this is a great way for me to explain this. Uh, I guess this James, uh, this James, what's his name, Zach Gibson, I guess one of his gimmicks is uh, people in Europe chant like, uh, shoes off if you don't like Zach Gibson. And people in the crowd would literally take off their shoes and like hold them up and like say, hey, Zach Gibson, we hate you. You suck. So that that's kind of, and Thatcher brought it up last week or Chompa brought it up last week. So that's kind of being built into their feud. And I don't really get the shoes off if you don't like Zach Gibson, but I'm here. I'm here for it. That way Barrett bought from Preston Market. It proves nothing. Proves. We are still the best tag team of this or any generation. We are still the leaders of the new school, and we are still grizzled young veterans soon to be recognized as the next NXT tag team champions. Don't forget it. Bring your manners next time. Ooh, bring your manners. She's a babe. We got to get more of her on television. She needs to be oversaturated as much as Kayla. That's what we need on this show. So, yeah, um, I like the Grizzled Young Veterans. I think they're a good tag team. I like that they're in NXT United States. I do need to watch this NXT UK. Every time I pop in and watch it, it's awesome. So I don't know why I sleep on that so much. So I, I'll get back in NXT UK, and we'll have some updates on that hopefully next Tuesday. So we'll watch that as well. Um, watch wrestle, watch ProWrestling.com, by the way. I've been watching these NXT, or these NWA Powers. I watched, I think, three this weekend. Oh, what a show. I know that I, like, talk shit about I'm not paying five bucks. I should just pay the five bucks. It's great. I love it. It feels like they – and they know they're trying to big-time us. They're trying to be bigger than they actually are. But it works. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm okay with them pre presenting themselves as we're the longest – operating wrestling organization around right now and we're going to be treated as such i also noticed during the tomaso champa match where the champa cheated to win uh J drake younger the referee that we talked about last week the referee who was crying on a zoom call because wearing a mask leads or wearing a mask is more important than uh keeping children from being sex trafficked that's what you know drake drake had to and he was wearing an nxt shirt on this zoom call when that happened so, yeah, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a strange man, uh, really passionate about preventing sex trafficking. Uh, he was the referee, so apparently he's still here. Suspension's over. Come back to the performance center, buddy. We need you here. Carrying uh, Cross came to the ring, and it seemed like for no reason. Apparently, it was just to have him come out and Scarlett look hot. They did their full entrance. I was like, okay, something's about to happen. He's interrupted by our good friend, Cool Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, all five foot eight, weird elbow, Kyle O'Reilly. His gimmick is cool, Kyle, but he, he's walking out as douchey as possible, wearing like skater grunge shit. 
You know, he's got like a denim vest. I don't think he actually wore a denim vest tonight, but if he did, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, he came out because he, you know, obviously carrying across the big dog on this show, uh, 6'3", 250. He actually has the championship. So we're waiting on who his next opponent's going to be. He won the belt at NXT Stand and Deliver. So it's kind of time for him to get a new challenger ready. Cool Kyle makes sense after his feud with Adam Cole. And then cool Pete Dunne comes out. Now, Pete Dunne has terrible teeth, but he's one of the best wrestlers on this show. He's a great technical wrestler. He His, his main gimmick is joint manipulation, where he will like seemingly break somebody's fingers during the match. Which everyone watching the crowd in the crowd winces like, oh, that looks terrible. So he came out. He also wants a title shot. Finn Balor comes out. Finn Balor, the former champion, he comes out. He wants a title shot. He comes out and just decks Finn Balor carrying cross. And I'm thinking, are we setting up a fatal four way? When is the next NXT championship match even going to be? We need to pop some ratings, and we just have a fatal four way match next week which they didn't announce because they announced carrying cross Austin theory for next week. So what are we building towards? Because at the end of this little skirmish, uh, Johnny Gargano and Austin theory lay out carrying cross the North American champion, Johnny Gargano with his buddy, Austin theory, Austin theory actually is bigger than Gargano. So it kind of makes sense if Gargano gets theory in line for some sort of championship match for with, with carrying cross. But, since that match was booked because of Theory goofing around with Scarlet, uh, they they wanted to lay hands on Carrion a little early. So we'll see where that leads to. We'll see if we get some sort of Gargano and uh, and Cross title for title. I'd even like to see something like that. Um, Zeta Ramir, Zeta Ramir. Last week we talked about Zeta Ramir. Good looking, uh, good looking black chick. We'll say it the way we want to say it. Uh, she hit a shooting star press last week that blew my dick off. I thought it was incredible. Uh, and then we have uh, Soraya gets this grand. So here's what drove me nuts about the, uh, this is a big critique for the show. Zayda Ramir also had a, a nice debut last week. It was a big shocker. She didn't have a ring entrance. She beats Tony Storm. Everyone's talking about the shooting star press. We want to see more of Zayda Ramir. They don't give her an entrance. She's already in the ring. They do advertise this match like, hey, we got a big women's division match tonight. You're going to want to see Zayda Ramir. Soraya, they're both one and one, or they're they're both one and zero. Oh. Let's see, let's see who stays undefeated here on NXT. They don't even give Zeta a ring entrance. They give Soraya this grand fucking entrance, like it's WrestleMania. I mean, it was so odd to watch this ring entrance, like pyro and, and video package, and like the sun, the Empress of the Sun, and she gets this huge fucking Japanese style entrance. And in my head, I'm just like, do we overvalue Japanese women wrestlers in America? Like, uh, that's all I could think of was like Hikaru Shida, uh, Asuka, Ryo Mizunami or whatever her fucking name was, Kairi Sane. Like, it just seems like when we get a, a Japanese female, she's going to be pushed to the moon. No matter what, that's the most important thing on our show is that we have a Japanese woman. I mean, that's how I feel. That's what it seemed like with Soraya getting this huge fucking entrance. Like, hey, we don't have Oscar anymore. We don't have Kyrie Sane. We need to push our Japanese chick to the to the moon. Uh, where's Zia Lee this week? Don't know. She's Chinese. Keep her off the show. Where's Adam Cole? American. Keep him off the show. Soraya gets a fucking entrance. Like she's coming out in her hometown crowd. It was very weird. She ends up beating Zeta Ramir. 
it was a fine match, but what are we doing here? Why are we not giving Zeta any shine? She had a shooting star press last week, and we pretended like it didn't happen. Uh, moving on to some other parts of the show, skipping over like the Walter promo. Walter was on a laptop cutting a promo, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, we got another Diamond Mine promo. Now, we talk, Gino and I talked about this last week. The Diamond Mine, they're showing a promo package of an MMA-style gym. People kickboxing, people grappling. It's just the, the Diamond Mine. Pressure makes diamonds. This is an MMA-themed stable. So Gino was hoping it's Tessa, because Tessa talks about being a diamond. Uh, she has a diamond on her ass, on her ring trunks. We haven't seen Daga in a while. We see them training all the time on Instagram, whatever. However... I have not seen Marina Shafir, Jessamyn Duke, or Arturo Ruas in several weeks. Now, Jessamyn Duke, legitimate UFC background. I watched her on The Ultimate Fighter. Marina Shafir, they tell me she has a UFC background. I've never seen her fight. Um, Arturo Ruas tapes his hands like he's a UFC fighter. So I'm assuming, and it, you know, during Raw Underground, they kind of advertised him like he was a big deal. But that's what we're getting advertised is this, this MMA stable. So I'm assuming the three MMA people, the three mixed martial artists that are already on the roster who are not being used on NXT, this is a way to get them on, back on the show, the Diamond Mine. And maybe they're going to bring these three back with some sort of a manager. Maybe we get a new talker like Malcolm Bivens. Maybe we get Malcolm Bivens, who's a good talker. Maybe he can be their manager. Malcolm Bivens is just a short black dude. Who, he sounds really, really intelligent when he speaks. I think he would do a great job at managing this any stable he's with tyler rust right now which is not really doing him any favors so why not have him take that maybe tyler rust will be part of the diamond mine and now they're all managed by malcolm bilbins maybe that's what's gonna happen uh we had uh, another jobber match on this show we had jake atlas in the ring right he's already in the ring i'm like wait why are they he's they're playing his awesome song and he's in the ring standing there and he's waiting for an opponent and i don't know who he's waiting for I just was kind of like, who's he going to fight? And then L.A. Knight comes to the ring, cutting a promo, talking shit. He's ready to go. And they have a squash match. It's a good match, but, you know, you kind of knew what it was. They're, they're pushing L.A. Knight. I'm wondering what L.A. Knight's ceiling is here in NXT. L.A. Knight, obviously, Eli Drake, former Impact World Champion or GFW World Champion, whatever it was called. And I'm wondering what his, like, what – what the finality of his run in NXT is going to be. Is he going to be an NXT champion? Is he going to be someone that gets to an, an NXT title match and loses? Like, what is what is his potential here in NXT? Because when he was in NWA, it made sense. He's tag team champion with James Storm. He was going to be, you know, I think they could have used him in several spots for a world title picture with him and Nick Aldis. He fit perfectly there. He could have won the, N the NWA title. Is LA Knight an NXT champion? Maybe he's a North American champion. Will he ever get to that tippy top of NXT? I don't know, and I don't think so. Maybe he gets to the main roster one day, and he just leapfrogs over NXT title, kind of like a Damian Priest deal. But I don't see LA Knight winning the NXT title, so I'm kind of wondering... He has a squash match against Jake. I mean, Jake, it's not a squash match because it was a competitive back and forth. But you knew who was going to win because one person got the entrance, one didn't. And I'm just not sure where where they're going to go with LA Knight. I think he, it's still they're still trying to figure out what his ceiling is. 
Legato del Fantasma was in the ring, and they cut a fucking snoozer of a promo. Like, so last week they were the main event of the show. Legato del Fantasma, three luchadors, uh, mostly Mexican. I think DJZ is actually like, he's not Mexican. I forget what he is. Um, not is he Filipino? Whatever he is, like this this group of luchadors, they cut a snoozer of a promo. Like this was the part of the show. Like I'm getting ready to come out into the, into the the pod closet here and record and go live on Trovo.live slash Wheaties. Like I'm ready, and I'm watching this promo going, oh my gosh, this is where they lose their viewers. Now, I don't mean to blame it all on these guys. I mean a lot of it is creative and a lot of it is just timing. But their main event last week was one of the lowest rated segments of NXT in months. Like, they had this main event six-man tag with Legato Del Fantasmo, MSK, and Kushida. Like, all these champions, and people turned it off because they didn't care. And quite frankly, this promo was, like, more proof of, like, oh, my gosh, who gives a shit about these three guys? There's not enough behind them for me to want to see them cut promos. So, I, I was very confused. This set up, like, uh, this does set up. Kushida gets a t- uh, defense's title next week against Santos Escobar. Which should be another great match. They had a great match uh, two weeks ago. So I know they're going to have a good match. It's just when you have these guys cut a promo for a few minutes, something that could be handled in a backstage segment with Kayla Braxton, like that, this is what needs to be backstage with Kayla, not in the ring. I talk constantly about why MLW is such a great show because they don't do the in-ring promo. They've gotten rid of that. From their vocabulary. Everything is with Alicia Atut. Or it's on an iPhone promo. Or it's two dudes just coming backstage to talk to each other. They've gotten rid of the obligatory. Let me get in the ring. And announce this shit. Because there's. I mean there's a, a small live crowd there at the CWC. At the Capitol Wrestling Center. But. When you come out and you just cut a promo. It's just. You don't. like, it, And you, you take the time of an entrance. You take the time of having everybody talk. It really, like, AEW does such a great job, I feel, with their wrestling-to-promo ratio, wrestling-to-in-ring promo ratio, rather, where it feels like there's not as many in-ring promos. There's way more in-ring wrestling. The the ring should be for the wrestling. You know, I know they do a parlay, and they they can do talking segments in the ring as well, and when you are addressing the live crowd, it is good to be in the ring, but... When you're doing too much of it, it just feels like overkill. It's oversaturation. Have a good match instead. And that's what N- that's what AEW seems to do. And that's what NXT typically does. You know, last week we did see the GYV, the Grizzly Young Veterans, cutting a promo. And they were interrupted by Chomp on Thatcher and it set up a match. But a lot of this stuff could just be set up backstage. And I know that WWE, you got to address the WWE universe. Get on out there. And I know that's what they're doing, but ultimately, it it just feels it just feels formulaic, and it, it's there's no passion behind it anymore. So before we get to the main event, Cameron Grimes said that he was gonna go out. Cameron Grimes was gonna go out on the town. He was gonna go to VIP. Ever Rise was not allowed to come with him. Okay, he reserved a VIP booth, and he he uh, reserved it for me, myself, and Cameron Grimes. Let me see how they think. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Big victory! I'm going to the club! To the club! Here we go! Get a taste! Get a taste! Guys, listen! Where are we going? 
like your show and all, but I only it's got room show. for three. It's a great show. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, There's perfect. three of us. Three. So Cameron Grimes is backstage currently with Everrise. Everrise is the Canadian Young Bucks that I brought up from earlier. And uh, Cameron Grimes says he's got room for three to go to the club with him. And for those listening on the podcast, Cameron Grimes is the guy with the accent. He's going to the moon. Let's go. Let's celebrate. Me, myself, and Cameron Grimes. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm going to the VIP room. <laughs> going to the VIP room. Cameron Grimes. So we jump forward. Cameron Grimes goes to this club. You know, it looks like he's in downtown uh, Florida, wherever they're at. Downtown Florida. And he's talking with, uh, you know, the bouncer. Like, hey, let me in. I have a VIP booth. Let me in. Are you sure you didn't hear me right? Cameron Grimes! Well, I heard you right. The entire venue's been rented out. The bouncer, yeah. The whole venue's been rented out. There's, We're not giving it. No VIP booths. Excuse me, Mr. Grimes. So a limo with a huge dollar sign rolls up to this club that Cameron Cri- Cameron Grimes is not allowed into. You're big and tall, but are you dumb too? So Cameron's got to insult the bouncer, obviously. The limo door opens, and it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. You can buy the whole place. <laughs> oh, one more thing. Always remember this. Everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. <laughs> that wasn't even funny! That damn Ted DiBiase! So Ted DiBiase <laughs> continues to torment the new rich man, Cameron Grimes. Yeah, Cameron Grimes, of course, recently came into this money because of, uh, you know, uh, GameStop stock and all the stonks. So, yeah, unfortunately for Cameron Grimes, he was bested again. Uh, (laughs) Quigley just showed up in the chat. He says he didn't need any context to understand that this was Sonic Geno shit. This was sent by Geno. This was Cameron Grimes on NXT tonight right before the main event. The main event, NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Everybody was saying, oh, NXT doesn't need their own women's tag team championships. Why would they even do that? How stupid. Uh, no. Barn burner of a match tonight. Awesome main event. Indy Hartwell, Candice LeRae of The Way taking on Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, the defending champions. This was fucking awesome. Ladders, tables, trash cans, chairs, kendo sticks. Whatever it was, we had a street fight, and these four women thought, you know, and, and this this match went went uh, ten minutes over, ten minutes over the allotted TV time because they knew, they knew they had to fucking put on a barn burner, and I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was great. New women's tag team champions, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Of course, there's been the beef uh, frequently uh, recently. Indy Hartwell is in love with Dexter Loomis. Last week, Candice sent some flowers to Shotzi and Ember and said they were from Dexas, uh, Dexas to Dexter Loomis. Awesome. Awesome shit. Uh, Gino brings up that Frankie Monet's dog took a shit in Shotzi's tank. But I would like to point out, so Shotzi and Ember are about to get in this tank, right? And th- they see the cute little doggy, and they notice the dog took a huge shit in the tank. And then they go, how did that even come out of a dog? So now I know, I think it's pretty obvious that Frankie Monet took a shit in the tank. 
She dropped a human turd right in the tank. And she made sure that there was going to be no psychological advantage for the defending women's tag team champions. I really enjoyed this match. Everyone go watch it. Rezzy did not like it. He says NXT was boring, but he cannot wait until SmackDown. SmackDown this Friday is the throwback edition. They're showing old. They're showing us the older graphics for SmackDown, old graphics for the WWE logo. They're going to take it back, do a little bit of a retro theme, which I like. It's important to mix it up every once in a while. Because uh, even like when you look at Raw and SmackDown, you kind of, even when they tweak the logos, they don't seem very different. So I would like them to bring the fist back. Go all out. Let's have a SmackDown. Let's fucking do it. Uh, so I'm excited to see that. That was NXT tonight. Uh, better than Raw. I got to be honest. I'll, I'll put it above Raw uh, easily. Just based on the matches that we had, uh, we, we got to see, you know, it just felt like the matches that we had on, on NXT. They're always given time. That opening match alone and the main event, they bookended it perfectly. Swerve versus Ruff was really good. Uh, and then, of course, the Women's Tag Team Championship was a very good match. So those, all of that set, lining up together made it for, made a really good show. So let's, let's do it. Oh, one more thing. Yeah, Gino did send me this. The Way wins their Tag Team Champions. Now, I was told that Gargano, in theory, left the arena early because, obviously, Karrion Cross is going to kick their asses. But uh, it looks like they had time to come back and talk to the new Hot Congratulations. Back, the new super hot backstage reporter had to get the scoop. Had to get the exclusive of Candace and Indy uh, with their new titles. And like I said, during right before the stream started, I'm in a big indie phase lately. I'm just saying, don't judge me. To the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, a well-fought victory. What's going through your minds right now? Uh, dumb question, not Mackenzie. What do you think? Yeah, so where's Mackenzie Mitchell? What's this? We got a new hot chick. Through our minds. We just won the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. And I think she's even doing the in-ring announcing for 205 Live now. Because Tom Phillips was on there. And the Hollywood Boys came out to dance with Tom Phillips. And he was like, don't forget her. She's new. And now we're going to take these titles to new levels. Because we're a real team. We're a real team. They went a real team. Notice that our plates, our lovely plates that are ours. Yeah. Candace team, and not individuals. Not like those old Not plates. individual. Not the not old, like plates. old plates. Where did you guys go? Did you eat? Did we you were watching. Yeah. We were watching on the phone. Yeah. You? You? Yeah. We said it. You? We said it was going to happen. It happened. They watched it on the phone. Now yeah. We all got titles. yeah we all got I watched it on a computer. I, I watched some of it on my phone. We all did. We'll get you one. Yeah, we'll get you one. We'll make Theory one. needs one. We'll figure it out. Cruiserweight title. We were, we were gone. We had to leave really quick to set up the celebration for you guys. We were that confident oh. in you guys winning. We knew it was going to yeah. happen. Decorations. Decorations. We're going to Little Caesars to get the new thin crust for six forty nine. Okay. Li live animals. Live animals. Live animals. animals. Yeah, you, we got some animals. We need to know more about this this backstage reporter. Oh my gosh, she's awesome. Got a cat. We found one. Remember we were outside. We found a cat. I'm outside. very worried right now. I don't know what this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like, it, we found a cat outside. Uh, Rezzy in the chat, I would rather watch WCW 2000 than today's Raw. That's not too far off of what the show feels like. I think this Raw was a step in the right direction, but the past two or three weeks, I would rather watch something vintage as well because there's almost no direction. The storylines are very bland. They're not developing any characters. Like, it really was like three weeks of purgatory. 
So maybe we're finally getting back to, okay, we need to build a pay-per-view. We need to build some characters, get some new talent on the show. Maybe that's what they're going for. But I agree with you 100%. Like, three-hour Raw has been – it has been homework these past couple of weeks. This one felt a little different because it was like – like I said, it felt like Attitude Era-ish where the matches were short, but we put a lot of people on the show. We made sure everybody was kind of involved in something, but we kept the in-ring action pretty brief because that wasn't the main idea of the show. Now, you have a three-hour show, so there should be some longer matches on there, but – the show didn't open with an in-ring promo. I mean, it kind of did. AJ went out there and talked and talked and talked. But at least it was not Braun, Bobby, or, or Drew. They gave them a coin toss that lasted two minutes earlier today. Like, oh, not, not even earlier tonight. This was earlier today. Before the show even started, I need to see what happened. So they did a little bit of, you know, they did their coin toss bit. But, yeah, Raw really, and like I said, Rezzy, mo- moments ago, before the break earlier tonight it drives me nuts you get punished for watching all of raw you're supposed to jump in watch a little go away come back watch a little maybe you'll see what happens maybe you miss it but the the two hour raw i say use that third hour for something different like i said we talked about the women's brand make hour one of raw or hour three the women's show it's just an hour of women's wrestling Make it. Th- remember when they talked about, hey, well, Raw's three hours. They need the cruiserweight division. What happened to that? Make hour one 205 live and, you know, have these kick-ass cruiserweight matches for an hour and build up, you know, tonight on Raw, you're going to see Drew McIntyre. You're going to see these things. Stick around. Don't have Drew come out in the beginning and then 20 minutes later backstage with Kayla and then 30 minutes after that earlier tonight and then uh, an hour after that earlier tonight. And then coming up, folks, Drew McIntyre. Like, space that shit out. Make make it make it like a like a any make it an eclipse. Make it special. Make it feel special when I see Drew McIntyre. But right now, because like right now, we watched NXT tonight. No Adam Cole. No MSK. Uh, you know, you get a break from seeing the same fucking people every week. Resi in the chat. They're too high on Charlotte. They they <laughs> we're not gonna like that. Too much Charlotte, oversaturation of Charlotte. A match and then a post-match promo. You know, and and that's what I mean. Like, they're oversaturating the fuck out of these characters. Recaps of what Sonya and Adam Pearce are talking about? Who fucking cares? I don't care. I care about what this backstage reporter's doing. It's such a crazy night. Uh, Maybe we should go. We gotta get out of here. Hey, wait, who are you? Whoa. 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 Wait, who are you? Wait. Look at Austin Theory. He's putting the moves on. I'd do the same thing if I wasn't married and, and, and if I looked like him. It's like Mackenzie outside. She was chasing after me yeah. for some strange reason. Yeah, she was that. Maybe cat. she's gone. Yeah, maybe she, she woke up. I don't know. Cat. We gotta yeah. go. We gotta get out of here. We, go. we came here to pick you up. Oh, pictures. Okay. I got professional a, photos done first. No, not that. Not. No, 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 no. We got a guy here to do head. that. Okay, fix your hair. Okay. Photos. Great. Yeah. 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 We did it. Yeah. You guys left. Yeah. Don't hug her. Don't hug him. Don't hug him. Who is she? We need more on her. This is not a good show now. I need to know who this chick is. Congratulations. Don't wish us congratulations. We don't need it. 
Resi in the chat doesn't know why the Hurt Business broke up. I That's going to be the biggest mystery ever. Like, I kind of can't wait. GYV. I kind of can't wait for Shelton Benjamin to get fired. So, like, when, when we have his episode of uh, Insight with Chris Van Vliet, he can say, yeah, they wanted to break us up. Uh, they, they thought Bobby would be better on his own. And, you know, they, they looked at me and Cedric, and they just kind of thought that they, were, they, they didn't really have plans for us. They had plans for Bobby, and it felt like if there was a hurt business. I'm I'm nailing that impression, by the way. But that's the only thing I could think is they wanted to have Bobby run solo, and that's why you don't see him have New Day. New Day. What's her name? Is Mason T-Bar. Like, they want to have it be Bobby. He's so strong and powerful. He doesn't need a stable. He just needs a manager. And I think that's what they're going for. However, I think every red-blooded wrestling fan – really really liked the hurt business and maybe that's maybe that's another reason why they were getting over his baby faces we all liked the hurt business so they had to end it they had to get rid of it but i mean i we can all make the argument the hurt business was awesome and we're, we're worse off without it so resi's done with raw i will watch it on monday night kevin talks about it every monday night immediately following the show trovo.live slash twfs kevin and i will be live tomorrow uh, the whole effing show immediately after All Elite Wrestling's Dynamite. But here's the thing. I'm not done yet. I need to let you know what's going to happen on Dynamite. Let's do our predictions right now. Let's move it right into here. Uh, the prediction the prediction bit here uh, brought to you by Vleeties. Calling it now. We need a sponsor right here. So let's jump into predictions for tomorrow night's All Elite Wrestling. Let's dive in. Uh this was posted on the uh, on the AEW on TNT's Twitter page. We're having a four-way tag team eliminator match. What the fuck happened to SCU versus the Young Bucks? Because they are number one contenders. Why are they not getting a title match? Why are they not getting a title shot tomorrow night? Why, are, why do they have to keep earning title matches? And didn't they say... Didn't they book a tag match last week on AEW? Do I need to watch uh, Dark Elevation? Did I miss a segment where they changed it? I thought it was SCU versus the Young Bucks. And if, the, if SCU won, they would get a title shot. I don't understand it. I don't understand where this four-way comes from. So, so yeah, Gino in the chat. They're number one in the rankings, not number one contenders. It's ridiculous. Why are you preaching that wins and losses matter and we have an awesome ranking system when a, an eliminator match, you know, if they if if SCU who's ranked number 1 and I know they did this before which was kind of cool they did a tag team turmoil and your entrance was based on your ranking. So obviously the team ranked number 1 had the advantage. I thought that was great. So uh wins and losses don't seem to matter in this show as much as they said they would. SCU, Jurassic Express, the Varsity Blondes, and the Acclaimed. The Acclaimed, I love the Acclaimed. Great heel tag team. The John Cena rapper gimmick, but a little better uh, because he has a he has a buddy with him who's not Bull Buchanan. I like it. Varsity Blondes, big fan. I love Griff Garrison. I love Brian Pillman Jr. Blonde dudes playing off the Hollywood Blondes. I like their gimmick. Jurassic Express, I love Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And I love SCU. I'm from Southern California. So I'm supposed to pick a winner here. It's SCU, right? Unless, if we can call this now, SCU 
as going to win the match and the Young Bucks cost them the match, I could see that being a possibility, which would set up for like a win for the Varsity Blondes or something. That way, the, the Varsity Blondes, get, if they get a title match, it's like, oh, well, we got the easier tag team. But I don't see... I don't see them I don't see the acclaimed being number one contenders. This match is stupid because even Gino just says SCU can't lose because then they'll disband if they lose, so they have to win this match. Why aren't they just getting a fucking title shot? I'm gonna let AEW know that this is ridiculous booking. This is this is very raw. Is this raw? Hey, we have rankings and number one contenders, but they need to earn it. Ridiculous. Britt Baker's in a squash match. I assume she wins. I love when AEW advertises somebody is in action. Because they should just do that for Dark and Dark Elevation. Those are the shows where somebody's in action. Those are the shows where Young Bucks are fighting Gannon Davis. Like, you don't need to advertise a squash match. Don't tell me somebody's in action. Tell me Britt Baker's fighting Hikaru Shida for the championship. If you're really promoting blood and guts as like a pay-per-view, why are we not having pay-per-view quality matches why are we having blood why are we having Britt Baker versus uh Sonya Reinhardt that's a fake name but I assume she wrestled on dark elevation this week so Sonya Reinhardt is going to lose to Britt Baker tomorrow night on on TNT uh tag team eliminator match Kenny Omega the world champion teaming up with Nakazawa who I hate by the way like this this is one of those things that doesn't translate from New Japan to America why, why Why? would anyone like Michael Nakazawa uh, versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston? I think Mox and Kingston need the big win here. I don't see why they would let Michael Nakazawa win this match. Nakazawa, by the way, is a scrawny Japanese dude who pours oil on himself as his gimmick. And now his gimmick is like he's Kenny's assistant. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty useless, pretty stupid. Um, sip of water. Maybe I don't like AEW. I was like all ready to be excited to talk about the predictions, but when you look at blood and guts and you're like, oh yeah, they've been pumped up for this. There's going to be the, the, you know, the war games match is going to be great. I can't wait to see it. They know how to book a show because they have matches. They open the show with a match. It's awesome. We need to, you know, they need to, WWE is missing out. They're missing the boat on this shit, but I don't know. This is a Teddy Long style match. We're going to have a tag team match, player. John Moxley and your friend Eddie Kingston are going to fight Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa. So, yeah, they're having that match. Who fucking cares who wins? Next match on the card. Oh, Miro's going to talk. How exciting, guys. Miro's advertised. We're going to hear from him. So, hopefully, he's backstage with Dasha Fuentes. And then Blood and Guts, the main event. The Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle. Pinnacle seems like they're being pushed. Like, they're going to be pushed because Jericho's older, obviously. The Inner Circle's been around for longer. You want to get Wardlow. You want to get the Revival. Uh, Sean Spears and MJ. MJF just seems to win. I was shocked that he lost to Moxley when he did. So, uh, my pick is actually for the Pinnacle because I just... I don't like MJF, so I assume they're going to push him to the moon. And Jericho can eat the eat the L from MJF. So, although MJF did lose. Although MJF did lose. Uh, or Jericho lost to MJF, rather, a few months ago at whatever pay-per-view that was. Quickly in the chat. 
What an insane waste of that spot. Goddamn Rich Swan will make a bigger splash in that spot. Absolutely, when we're talking about uh, this, this fucking tag team match with Nakazawa. Ridiculous. So I'm excited to see Blood and Guts. You know, War Games is always an interesting match. They, uh, I like when any, when anyone does it. Even MLW has some of their War Games on YouTube. So I like Inner Circle. I want to see Santana and Ortiz win matches, but they just don't. So Jericho's going to take the pinfall. MJF's going to look cool. And it is what it is. Unless Tyson's involved. If there's a surprise appearance of Mike Tyson, I don't think there's any way the Inner Circle loses. But since they're the baby faces, this is a match where the heels have the advantage. They can get the big win. Oh, yeah, and it's not even pins. It's like surrender. This match sucks. Oh, my gosh. What are we doing, AEW? Surrender or submission? Thank you, uh, thank you, Gino, for being so on the ball of reminding me of all these stupid caveats that AEW has. Surrender is like MJF gonna have a knife to Sammy's throat, and Jericho's gonna go, "Okay, okay, we surrender." Oh my gosh! Never mind. I'm gonna, Kevin. You watch this one. I'm not watching this shit. I'm watching Impact Wrestling on Thursday night because that's a show that gets it. Trey Miguel is going to go one-on-one with Rohit Raju. This is going to be after be, uh, before the impact where Shira is going to fight Jake something. But Trey Miguel dating Alicia Atut, good for him. So proud of him. Uh, he is a former member of MSK in a way. MSK, the current NXT Tag Team Champions. Well, they were the rascals with Trey Miguel. Uh, so he's, a, he's the next division guy. He's a high flyer. And... Uh, He's kind of going, he's kind of got WWE logos and he flips them upside down like the Miz for Miguel. And he's fighting Rohit Raju, who's a little Indian guy. He's an exhibition guy. He's from the Desi Hit Squad. He's just a little fuck and he's awesome. Uh, and he's had some pretty good matches here since I've been watching Impact. Trey Miguel versus Rohit. I don't really know what this is going to set up. I don't know if Sammy Callahan is completely done with Trey Miguel. So you can kind of see maybe Sammy getting involved. If it's a straight-up straight, straight up one-on-one match, why not have Trey beat Rohit and get the big win? But also, Rohit, Rohit kind of hasn't been on TV lately. He could use a big win. Trey got the big win at the pay-per-view. Trey's going to win. Trey's like a main eventer right now. He's beating Sammy Callahan. Sonic underscore Gino says the winner will be in the six-man match. Good call, Gino. The winner of this moves on to uh, Under Siege. And they will be competing for the number one contender for the uh, for the Impact Wrestling Championship. Not the this is not an eliminator match. This isn't for the number one ranking. This is for the number one contender. And uh, if that's the case, Trey Miguel advances. Trey Miguel's kind of be he's ready to be kind of thrust into that spotlight. And honestly, fuck him and Kenny Omega actually would be pretty good. So uh, I would go with Trey Miguel in this affair. That's a, also on Impact Wrestling. Rhino, the War Machine, is in a number one contender qualifying match against Chris Sabin. The winner of this goes into that uh, six-man match as well. Uh, gosh, Rhino's going to have Violent by Design in his corner. Sabin is going to have James Storm in his corner. I have Trey Miguel winning, who is a babyface. I think Rhino is going to represent the heels in this match. So I'm going to go ahead and say Rhino beats Chris Sabin. There's more guys on the Rhino team because Joe, Joe Doring, uh, Eric Young, Diener, 
they're they're all in that corner. I think that's going to cause a lot of havoc. Storm will not be able to keep everyone at bay. So Chris Bay, who's already in this match, I, I think that's going to be kind of the big the big decision maker here. Rhino's going to advance. That way, you know, you have a heel in that match uh, at, at under siege. Let's see what else we got. Moose is taking on James Storm. The winner is also into uh, into this eliminator match at under siege. Moose needs to win. Moose should be fighting Kenny Omega at whenever it is, Slammiversary, whatever they're doing this title match. Moose should have won the belt from Rich Swan. Moose is <laughs> Impact Wrestling's greatest treasure right now. So hopefully he wins this fucking match against James Storm and gets into this six-man match. Uh, also on Impact Wrestling, Taylor Wilde will be taking on Susan. Susan is married to Rich Swan, everybody. That's the reason why she still works here. That's the reason why she gets to explore these different gimmicks. Because if it was up to the creative, they would just have Sue Young wrestle all the time. There's nothing redeemable about Susan. Uh, so Taylor Wilde will get the win over Susan because we're building to Taylor Wilde and getting a shot at Deanna Perazzo in the Knockouts Championship. It's good to see Taylor Wilde back. She looks great. Uh, so, you know, obviously they're going to push her to the moon. And get her ready for that match against um, against Tiana Perazzo. I'm curious to see where Chelsea Green goes, though. Because Chelsea Green obviously fired from the WWE. She teased a Ring of Honor turn. Like, she might go to Ring of Honor instead of Impact. I think it's so obvious that Laurel Van Ness should return to Impact Wrestling. It's not even funny. She can come out as Chelsea Green as, like, a, a you know, a bikini babe who, you know, she loves, she's just herself and she's hot and that's her gimmick like it was in WWE and then slowly transition back into crazy ex-girlfriend. Maybe that'll be where we go. But I'm curious I'm curious to see it. I would like to see Chelsea Green come back to Impact. We'll see what happens there. I'm also thinking that Mickey James will be back in Impact and not go to NWA, which is a little shocking. Or maybe she'll be able to work both because that forbidden, that forbidden door is kicked wide open. Kira Hogan, former uh, one half of the of the former Knockouts Tag Team Champions, taking on Rachel Ellering. Rachel Ellering, by the way, needs some more flattering flattering ring gear. I don't mean to be this guy, but she's gonna win. She's gonna beat Kira Hogan. Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, they'll get a title rematch, but they're not gonna beat Rachel Ellering in like a singles debut because they're gonna push Rachel a little bit. I think it seems like that's the obvious thing to do, and I believe that's we got one more for Impact Wrestling. I believe this will. This might be the main event. Doc Gallows, the big LG Luke Gallows, member of the Bullet Club, former member, I guess. They're not the Bullet Club anymore. He's taking on Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson is having a singles match on Impact Wrestling. For some reason, this rivalry didn't end at the pay-per-view. They're going to keep it going a little bit longer. They're going to keep all the other TNA tag teams out of the title picture. Uh, remember we pushed Decay? Forget about it. Remember Saban and Storm? Forget about it. It's all about these two teams. One of them's not even employed here. One of them is from New Japan. So we're going to have Juice Robinson uh, lose to the big LG. I think they need to they, – the, the brothers need some wins because they've been losing a lot. Like, it's kind of shocking. It's kind of shocking the way they've been booking the – because the good brothers kind of had this weird mini feud with Takei where they won. And now we have fucking – them losing to, to Finn Juice every week or every every title match they get. So they need a big win somewhere. 
Now let's move on from Impact Wrestling. Let's wrap it up and go to the, the real best show on Wednesday, MLW Fusion. Uh, is this the season finale? They keep teasing a season finale or a a start of the new season. Sonic Gino in the chat. ELP debuts. I don't care. I hate that fucking guy. Um, a hydrate from the whole fucking show. Thank you so much. I am thirsty. It's past my bedtime. We got to get rolling here. Gringo Loco versus Laredo Kid. Laredo Kid, it, last few times I've seen him, he's lost. It seems like he's just kind of thrown in here on MLW. Gringo Loco, I have seen win some matches. He's obviously way bigger than the than the, uh, than the Laredo Kid. So I'm going to just pick Gringo Loco. I think he, for some reason he's in better favor there than Laredo Kid. Laredo Kid seems like a jobber they can just trot out. But, uh yeah, we really Laredo Kid seemed like somebody that AEW was gonna bring with them and like really prop this guy up as like a main guy. And then Rezzy in the chat, didn't MJF work there? MJF, holy shit, Brian Pillman Jr. Pretty much half this AEW roster was actually in MLW at some point. Like I even was watching let me look it up. The MLW two thousand eighteen Battle Riot was like a fucking who's who of all elite wrestling it was shocking it was shocking to see the amount of people that were in that battle riot um and battle riots like a royal rumble but with like pinfalls and submissions so you can also eliminate them over the top or you could pin him or submit him it was i actually really enjoyed the match i thought it was really cool uh, it's on youtube for free but just to show you some of the participants i mean shit let's see uh ray phoenix pentagon jr uh, let's see who else they had in here that's in AEW. Now, I mean, Fala Ba, he's not in AEW, but we know who he is. ACH, he's still in MLW. Um, Teddy Hart, PCO, Simon Gotch, Davey Boy Smith Jr., Jake Hager, Sammy Callahan, Madman Fulton, Shane Strickland, who I believe is now Isaiah Swerve Scott. Is that true? Is, he, is Shane Strickland a white guy? Yeah, that is Isaiah Swerve Scott. I know. I know things. Joey Ryan, Jimmy Havoc. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. So, yeah, there was a lot of guys. And MLW really just turned into, like, it, a lot of the – half that roster because I think it was just an – it was an indie. So anyone could work there. It wasn't like you weren't, ex you weren't contracted exclusively to MLW. So you can work wherever you wanted. That's why you see TJP working in Impact and in MLW to this day. Richard Holiday is in a squash match. Can't wait to see that. I love Richard Holiday. He's one of the best characters on this show. I like that he is self-aware and even told Alicia Atut, I'm a babyface now. The consumers love me. I'm a babyface. I'm, I'm taking off as a babyface. And he's like selling posters of him and Hammer um, with a Hammer Dick, which was a great little segment for those who don't know. Maybe you can find Hammer Dick, MLW. It's Alexander Hamilton like flexing and then there's like a hammer. <laughs> for some reason where his dick would be and Alicia Toot had to point it out to Richard Holiday. great segment uh, he's going to have a squash match he's a good wrestler so we'll see what happens here with Richard Holiday. main event the young goat Myron Reed taking on Leo Rush this is their middleweight title which is essentially their 205 live championship the cruiserweight title here uh, Myron Reed is the former champion Leo Rush has been the champion I mean since he fucking got fired from WWE Leo Rush also won a AAA Cruiserweight title, too, so he was a double champion for a minute there. I think he still technically is the double champion. Uh, Myron Reed, I think he's going to win this match, but 
Leo Rush has been a good champion, and it just seems like it's easy for him to keep the belt a little bit longer. These guys are going to tear it down. Although Myron never got a rematch immediately when he lost the belt. He kind of waited. He had another feud with, with Contra. Contra, the big heel faction that runs MLW. Uh, so I think Myron actually is going to win this belt. I'm putting it on there. Myron Reed. Uh, Myron Reed will be fucking the champion after Fusion. And I don't know what, they, what they're what they teasing by. Like They keep talking about the season finale. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means for MLW. Like, how are they going to wrap up this season? You know, I don't, I don't know sh exactly what that means. So they talk about Ju July 10th at the 2300 Arena. They're going to have a new season debut of MLW Fusion. But I don't know if that means that this Wednesday's Fusion is the last one for a while. Because this Wednesday they're having Fusion. Next week they're having Underground. So I wonder if that's this is the last Fusion for a while. Which doesn't really make sense because we, ha we haven't wrapped up Jacob Fatu and Hammerstone. Are they ever going to have their match? Is that, is that what's going to be on the, the, the season premiere of Fusion? Because now they're also moving to Vice TV. So I'm sure they want to have uh, once maybe the show is moving exclusively to Vice TV. So they're going to kind of keep some of the big matches for that. Don't know where it's going. Can't wait to see it. Thank you guys so much for coming in and hanging out. Thank you for the donations. Thank you for the mana, for the elixir. I will be back tomorrow with Kevin Scampoli for the whole fucking show. Uh, or immediately following all all elite wrestling's dynamite, as as I as I can say that correctly. And then I'll be back Thursday. You uh, for Trovo.live slash Vleeties. I will be here. Uh, please come in and hang out. We got plenty to talk about. Plenty of wrestling. I'll go through all of the shows that I watch throughout the week. Grade them, rank them, see where we're at. See if we have predictions for SmackDown for Raw. Uh, also, Rezzy underscore says, stay safe or Vlade. You dog. stay safe, Rezzy. Please make sure that you are being safe out there, everybody. It is imperative that we all remain safe. So uh, thank you so much, everyone, for coming in and hanging out. And let me know if there's somebody that we're rating. Podcasters, thank you so much for sticking around and listening. Uh, subscribe to uh, go to Trovo. I'm telling you, the party's on Trovo. Just come in and check it out. You're going to have a good time. Trovo.live slash T slash Vleeties is where I am. It's a good time. All right. Come in, kick it, hang out with us. And uh, until the day that I'm dead, my name is Ryan Van Vliet. Rezzy's going night night. I'm ready to go night night. I ran way longer than I planned to. So it's time to go to bed. It's time to ride off into that glorious, glorious sunset. Have a good rest of your evening, everybody. Have a good, uh, this is a two, I record this live on Tuesdays. Enjoy your Wednesday. If you're listening to this on Thursday, enjoy your Thursday. And uh, yeah, let me know if we're rating anybody on the Trovo chat. But until then, I'm out of here. Build the Realm is live. Strong possibility there. Strong possibility. Would you rather have wireless on the most reliable network nationwide or unlimited with 5G for $30 a month per line? You don't have to choose with Xfinity Mobile. Wireless so good it keeps one-upping itself. Most reliable based on Roots Metric US report. Results vary, not an endorsement. $30 per month per line when you get four lines. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? 
You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.